You're listening to Chilbrick. I am Chilbrick. This is my podcast, episode 45. Now, I know I've been off for a couple of days. Know that I've been away from your hearing for a couple of days. And the reason is, is because there isn't really a whole lot uh, going on. There wasn't really a whole lot going on. There were a few things that were happening that were possibly shaping up. And I wanted to wait to see how those kind of flesh themselves out a little bit. And, you know, the obvious reason is, is because I can't really talk about stuff that, I mean, I have other stuff I'm doing. Let's just be honest. Let's just be honest. I'm not one-dimensional. I am a man, and I enjoy, enjoy our little podcast session. But there are times when there are other things, other things. I won't bore you with those details, but let's get into this. Let's see what's been happening. So today, Ontario, province in Canada, had their elections, and it looks like the conservatives have a majority. And a man by the name of Doug Ford has become the premier of Ontario. And I'll tell you that the eventual election for Ontario today was quite interesting. I happened to catch a little bit of it on CBC, which I will talk more about in the coming weeks because I've seen some things that I'm not too happy with. And I know that we've covered some of their, some of the structure of how they're set up. I know I've covered that before, but I want to dive deeper into it just to kind of massage the, uh, their delivery a little bit. And I think it's important. I think it's important because to do that, because some of the things that I was hearing were clearly uh, cited opinions. Now, each individual, you know, in a, in a quote unquote democracy, I'm, I don't know who I'm quoting, just whoever, liberals really like to talk about democracy. Uh, but they're not really for it when it doesn't go their favor and they tend to throw fits. And so there were a couple of instances where I had the chance to witness um, one of the anchor people who was, you know, there uh, disseminating the information on CBC about the election um, wasn't, uh, wasn't really shy about um, letting their own proclivities come through what they were saying. And, um, also, there was a couple of things in the coverage. So in the coming weeks, we will get, we will get into that and, and how to fix that. And it's not a bad thing, because I generally think that, um, that the way that that system is set up in Canada with their um, government funding has a, lot to do with, um, has a lot to do with this problem. In the United States, our press is free. They are usually held to a, a pretty high standard. Now, of late, We've had several networks, several mainstream media outlets become extremely cited. And a lot of that has to do with the fact that they, are, they were related by marriages to high-ranking individuals inside the Obama administration. But when you have this commingling of these interests is when you start seeing the problems that we're seeing now that is being uncovered by the Trump Justice Department. But like I said, there's, so Canada uh, wants that same appearance of being a free uh, press. But unfortunately, they have set up in their system 
so that the government, so that the, the Canadian Broadcasting Company Corporation, whatever you want to call it, CBC, receives funds from the government. Okay. And so the effect of that is that there is a, an inclination to be somewhat beholden to the people who are in power, no matter who it is. And so it becomes cited, whoever's in power, because there is a, uh, liberals are classic for this. This is what they do. They get into power and then they want to uh, figure out more ways to entrench their power so that they can't lose the next election and stay in power. And so essentially what it turns out being is they've bought off the media. They buy them out. They, they buy them, they buy their opinion. So their opinions are for sale. So it's not quite the same as the United States. Uh, where for a long time there was a, well, the United States has um, federally funded programs too, like public broadcast uh, service and, and others. And, you know, they, it's not quite the same thing as a private independent news organization going after the truth. Well, no matter who it hurts, just going after what is true and, and keeping people honest. And so the, the, the way that Canada has their media program set up is, is causing this problem. And, uh, so anyhow, Doug Ford wins. And as they're, if everyone remembers back to the night that Trump was elected, it was, I mean, we're going into one o'clock in the morning before, before we're really solidly sure that, you know, Trump is, you know, won it. These guys go in for this Ontario election and all the results came in almost all at once. And the next thing you know, it was like five, maybe five minutes and it was over. You know, I, I settled in like I was going to watch that, you know, tonight, all night, you know, really, really, you know, I wouldn't be sitting here talking to you right now is what I thought. No, it was like five minutes. But I had to sit through, uh, I had to sit through their, they had their little, they had this segment where they had uh, the, one of the hosts, he was like, it was I don't know, he's pretending like he was driving an Uber or something. And then the, one of the candidates, the Kathleen Wynn, and then the NDP candidate, I don't even know her name. Um, but they, you know, would chit chat and talk about and do like uh, fast quizzes and stuff like tea or coffee. And they'd be like, oh, tea. And then whatever, you know, stuff like that. Sing a song or something. And then, you know, I'm lighthearted that will humanize these people <laughs> who, uh, yeah. So anyways, Doug Ford didn't participate in this. I don't know if he was asked. I don't know if he said no, said yes. And then they said, and then they decided not to have him on there. But uh, in the absence of, of Doug Ford in that segment, they should have not run the segment. See, uh, because, it, because it makes the appearance that they are biased. So I think it's, it's sad that that's the, that that's the way it is. And I, but I think that there's some genuine fixes for that. And I, and, um, I, to be honest with you, I really think that Canada can solve a lot of their problems by basically telling everybody that, uh, there is no welfare. Okay. There's no welfare that the, the government, you know, isn't there to pick up the pieces of your life. Okay. The government is there to provide a framework for jobs, to provide a framework and administrate the functions of government. Yeah, they collect some taxes and they decide, you know, what their rates are and stuff like this. But it's literally just there to provide the framework for someone to prosper. For an individual who is a citizen of their country to, to be able to prosper. And, and, they try, and 
in doing that, in creating the structure of it, it causes it uh, to be fair across the board because everyone has the, an even chance at, at um, doing well. But they've kind of gotten away from that because they got into this, they got hooked on this government money. And everybody's like, well, what's the government going to do about this? What's the government going to do about it? Every time I watch um, their question periods, they're, they're, that's what they're talking about is, you're, you know, where they're putting money, where they're putting money now. Like they're spending money on this, that, the other thing. They got medical, they got this. So story that came out yesterday, uh, day before and yesterday, the big story is, is that uh, they have a large or a good-sized troop deployment deploying to Mali for the Mali mission. The problem is, is that they figured out that they were low on rucksacks and sleeping bags. You can't deploy soldiers without rucksacks and sleeping bags. So they asked other soldiers to give up their rucksacks and sleeping bags. Yet this is on the heels of just a few days ago when they spent $4 billion on a 65-year-old pipeline. There are certain things um, that they have been doing that they shouldn't be doing. Uh, and their plan, um, if all else fails, is to saddle the next administration, which would probably be a conservative administration, is to saddle them with a ton of debt and no way to really dig themselves out. See? So it's a sabotage. If it, doesn't, if it doesn't go exactly the way they plan it, it's a sabotage for the next people coming in. Well, they're burning it. So it's, they're, they're, it's scorched earth. They're gonna burn everything, whatever. Point is, is that that's what liberals do. And that's why they get ad addicted to this money they get addicted to the bribes. They get addicted to the uh, foreign money pouring into their elections. And, and it's bribe money. The whole thing's bribe money. All of it's done on bribes. And they can call it, they, well, no, this is legal. And we, they can call it whatever you want. It's, it's a bribe. You know what I mean? Those people that are putting money into those elections in Canada from foreign sources, they are paying you for influence. And that isn't why you're there. And, it's, and the, the fact of the matter is, is that it's not necessary. It isn't necessary. You know, if a guy on the streets, a rich guy on the streets comes up to you uh, and, and offers you a big old satchel full of, you know, cash, you're going to wonder, what do you got to do for it? You know, what, what do you, uh, you know, there's, even if he told you there was no strings attached, there's strings attached. That just doesn't make any sense. Why you would, you would become beholden to people who are not your constituency. People who, who are not the ones that actually elect you. You become beholden to them that way. That doesn't make any sense why you would do that, unless you're crooked. <laughs> that very well may be the case. But why you would set up, yeah, why would you do that? That doesn't make any sense. So, back to the present, back to the present. Doug Ford, Premier of Ontario, that happened today. And I think they won like 72 seats, 73 seats, something like that. It might even be as high as 75, we don't know. I'm not looking at the numbers right now, but, but yeah, it was like 72 seats. And the Liberal Party, like, it's decimated. They lost, like, 59 seats or something, like 57 seats. It was bad. They got shellacked really bad. That's, that's, but that's what happens. When you keep, when you come up with a tax on a byproduct, people breathe out with every breath. That's what you're taxing. A carbon tax, really? CO2 comes out of everyone's body. Every breath they take and exhale, CO2 comes out. So, so they decided they would come up with some way to tax this. And people might think, oh, you're going too far with that. That was just for the polluters. CO2 is not pollution. It's food. It's plant food. But the plants, the plants take in the carbon, the, the carbon dioxide and they, omit, they emit 
oxygen. Everybody knows that this is basic stuff. Terrible, terrible. So you taxed breathing. You taxed people's breath. And I get what their thinking was behind it. I mean, I understand, I understand what they were thinking, but what they were thinking was really stupid. <laughs> that was dumb. Well, if we make it, if we penalize people with a tax, they'll use less. Yeah, but they'll also do less and not get the things done that they need to do. So you settled them with a burden, not only in their pocketbook, but you settled them with a burden of inconvenience. I mean, it's a serious inconvenience. People wouldn't be able to drive to work on some days. You know, they're going to have trouble getting around. And in their mind, in the liberal mind, it's, well, that's the price we have to pay to save the planet. Okay, Captain, save a planet. Captain Environment. <laughs> and so they're trying to, yeah. And they're right there with France. Well, we got this Paris Accord. Whatever. Whatever. They, con they conflate environment. Like, you know, uh, like there's the EPA in the United States that watches over companies who watch for dumping or, you know, nefarious things that these companies need to be, need to be actually taking care of and not, you know, polluting. They, they are watching. They're looking for polluters. And then they, you know, find them, make sure that they, you know, clean up the messes and make sure that they don't do it again. There's a, there's a, a watchdog. There's a, you know, somebody's there making sure they're doing it right. Canada is just their government. Their government's like right there, like we're going to tax you for, for emissions. You pump steam into the air, we're going to tax you. So they reached a level of absurdity. And I think that that has backfired on them because people, like I said, have become not just hit in their pocketbook with paying more money. They've just started using less, which does the other, the other effect of that is your economy slows down. Now your economy in Canada, the economy was not operating health in a healthy way in the first place because of other taxes and other mismanagement uh, of funds. So on the heels of that, this tax can only be construed as uh, and designed to tank the Canadian economy. Something that I'm pretty sure that none of those politicians ran on. They didn't run on the, you know what, let's just drive this country into the ground and try to put up a new one. Because I mean, liberals don't, don't think this one through. They think, well, we'll be there, so we'll just be the ones that are in charge. No, that doesn't work that way. Like every time somebody gets their country drove into the ground by government, those people are the first ones to go. Stupid. Just stupid. Gateway Pundit has a story. Liberal values. MSNBC. And The View hosts defend honorable hookers and porn stars and their values. I mean, just, I don't even have to read this, read this article here. There, this is more of what I've been saying. Oh, 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 we gotta, you know what? Porn stars and hookers have morals, man. Do they? No, they don't. They want to tell you that the color white is black. Ridiculous. One of the big stories right now is uh, this one where the Justice Department seizes New York Times reporters' phone and email records in leak investigation. Former Senate Intel aide arrested. Now, there was this guy who had been arrested. His name is James A. Wolf, 57 years old. He was the guy who was responsible. Well, he was the guy that the, the FBI uh, said had made false statements to. 
to them. And he was a Senate Intelligence Committee aide. He was the guy that they would take the documents and they would hand over the documents when the Senate Intelligence uh, Committee, Senate Committee on Intelligence, uh, was doing their investigation. And so this is the guy, this is the one where they had the screenshots of his um, messages from his Signal app, the encrypted app, which people thought was, oh, you wouldn't be able to totally secure. No. Well, apparently, the, this news is just coming out. That guy's been uh, arrested. And uh, this is one of these leakers. So they're going after these leakers. And so this other person that he had leaked it to, this reporter, he apparently was having a romantic relationship with. Oh. She, I guess she hadn't been, this was right before she started, yeah. This fourth communication took place before she was employed by the union. So they've uh, seized her email records and her phone. And so she may be going down on this too, which is interesting in the sense that they typically, you know, have a, an immunity. Uh, the, the press has immunity a lot of times in cases like this because they are trying to, uh, they can't be held criminally liable for certain things because they're um, protected from that so that they can be impartial. But when you involve yourself in things that are actually illegal, there is a distinct line where they are able to go after people who are directly involved in leaking information, classified information. So that doesn't seem like that's going to, her protection under, under the freedom of press isn't going to help her, it doesn't sound. So that's just coming out today. So that is an interesting, uh, <laughs> interesting uh, to find that they actually are going after and prosecuting because the guy, uh, James Wolf, he's already been arrested and he is being indicted. So that was also information that was not leaked, but I've actually seen the documents and you can catch them. They're all over Twitter right now. So French president Macron turns on Trump. President Trump responds. French president Emmanuel Macron challenged president Donald Trump on Thursday after the U S president hit the European union on their unfair trade policies with the United States. So, yeah, so I watched this this morning. As a matter of fact, uh, prime minister Trudeau of Canada, and President Macron of France were together just ahead of the G7 summit in Quebec. And they were talking about all kinds of fluffy unicorn things, I guess, that that's what they do. And I think it's, I think it's really funny because they essentially were saying that, well, there's six of us and only one of you, so looks like we'll be doing deals, trade deals, and you won't because of these tariffs. President Trump hits him back and says, and this is in a tweet, please tell Prime Minister Trudeau and President Macron that they are charging the U.S. massive tariffs and create non-monetary barriers. The EU trade surplus with the United States is $151 billion, and Canada keeps our farmers and others out, looking forward to seeing them tomorrow. Yeah, so I don't know what they think they were going to do, but it was almost like Tweedledee and Tweedledum thought they were going to, yeah. Not typically something that's going to go down well. It's not going to, it's 
not, that's not going to be good for them. And, you know, Macron, he's, he's young. I want to say he's young, but he still has that. He still, he, these liberals all have this thing about them that they know for a fact that they don't have enough authority to do the things that they really want to do. Probably it's because that their rules, the rules that they are uh, made to operate under, are made that way for that reason, to keep them from doing that very same thing. I don't think they figured that out, but that's what it's there for. So, so there you go, there's that. And so they call Macron the Trump whisperer. And these two, they, you know, they really, you know, he appears to really like Trump and so on and so forth. But I don't know what these guys are smoking because, <laughs> because, I mean, I get it that they would be upset that there's tariffs, but this is, these tariffs are in response to the tariffs that they've already levied, both Canada and the EU. So it's not likely, not likely that they see a, they see something positive happen if they decide to go it alone. Not likely. So that is, uh, in a nutshell, that is the, the major, there's a number of other stories that, you know, are going on right now. Uh, you got a number of politicians being caught in lies, actually lying, whether that's to the FBI or other, you've got leakers, liars and leakers, and they're being handled. And I think that they right now, because you've got this guy that they've just arrested and they're indicting the leaker that all of the other people who were leaking should probably be in the case of the squirts right about now, because it, it, it appears that they're going to not only go after the people who leaked the classified information, but the people who disseminated it illegally, who illegally obtained it and disseminated it. So, it doesn't look good. So, another point of information surrounding some of these, this swirl, this storm of activity that's happening around the FBI and their spying on Trump. Uh, you remember General Flynn, Mike Flynn. There's a story out of the Gateway Pundit titled huge dirty mccabe interrogated mike flynn for russia hoax at same time flynn was a witness against mccabe in a sex discrimination case wait a minute what now you see like all the pieces are starting to fit together not they've always fit together but now you're starting to see the bigger picture the bigger picture is is that all of these people know each other and all of these people seem to have had axes to grind against each other for some reason or another and so it's clear that these people are dirty. It's quite clear that they're dirty. So Judicial Watch says newly uncovered Strzok email suggests decision not to prosecute Hillary Clinton made in April of 2016. That's interesting. So there's a number of interesting things because when you, what it all adds up to is corruption. These people were corrupt. Total corruption. And they're swampy. These are some really, really swampy people. And that's what they've been doing. 
sad, really sad, really super sad that they're, they're that corrupt. And, and it's, it's funny that they're caught now that, and they know they're caught and they know that there's a increasing likelihood that they're going to be arrested and uh, indicted. And now you see them acting like a criminal. Their mannerisms are now more along the lines of people who've committed crimes. I didn't do it, see? You gotta hide me, rabbit. So, a number of things going down, and all is well. All is, all is going splendidly, super well. And so that's the uh, take that I have today. That's my take on, on today. And like I said before, sorry, I was off for a couple of days, but I have other things that I have to do sometimes. And also it was really just, there were some things coming out that just really kind of needed to uh, bear fruit a little bit before we could uh, really wrap our heads around it. And of course there's going to be more in the uh, next couple of days as leaders of the G7 meet in Quebec. So we'll definitely be taking a good hard look at that because they really, they're really on notice now. They're really on notice. Uh, the people in Ontario for Canada has, they've really, um, they've set themselves up for a good blue wave. And that's a good thing for Canada, I, I believe.